Say and Steal based on a book by the same name. And uh, this is week two. If you haven't uh, caught up on the podcast, let me kind of catch you up. Last week, we talked about believing God for the impossible. And I really challenged you to start praying a sun stand still prayer. We found that in Joshua, the 10th chapter, the story of Joshua goes that the sun was going down in his life and they were fighting a battle. He was a general of the army. And so he asked God this impossible thing, would you make the sun stand still? And God answers that thing. So I just challenged you last week, hey, would you do that in your life? Like, would you, would you start writing down that prayer and asking God, like in my relationship or maybe in my physical body, maybe it's a healing, like, you know, like cancer, diabetes, just something just impossible to you, but possible to God or Maybe it's a relationship, or maybe it's a, you know, your ministry or purpose in your life, finding what it is you're supposed to do, or you just desperately need God to do something. I just said, hey, look, let's believe God together. Let's just go together. Let's, let's, let's decide. I'm challenging you to be bold enough to pray that impossible prayer. This week, I don't just want to challenge you to pray the impossible prayer, because some of you have already started doing that, and over the last seven days, I hope that you have begun to do that with us in this 21 days, but really I want to help you this week, listen close, right here in the very beginning of this series, I didn't wait till the last weekend, I want to do it this weekend, I want to, I want to help answer that what if question, I want to help us walk through that what about stuff that, that comes up when you start praying this way, I wish it was just so easy that I could just, you know, you could come to church and I'd tell you, to, you know, the sun could stand still in your life and you would just believe it, and you'd go home, and everything would be have you know everything would be good everything would be done if you had any aches and pains they would all go away you know your spouse would lose 20 pounds look at me uh, everybody look straight at me if you got a teenage daughter her eyes don't roll in her head anymore like everything just works out like everything would just be answered in your life there would be no problem like you just come out of here full of faith and every problem goes away but the fact is that's not what happens as a matter of fact listen close this is where some of us are living 7 days into this you may ask god to make the sun stand still and the sky keeps getting darker. What do you do when you pray a sun stands still prayer and the sun keeps going down and the sky keeps getting darker? What do you do when you ask God for the impossible and it feels like you, you, really, you believe it, you grab a hold of it. I don't have a tough time believing it, but, I, the, but the sun's going down and the sky's getting darker. I want to take you to a story in the New Testament today, actually the book of Mark and I love the Gospel of Mark. If you're new to the Bible, Mark's a great place to start. It's a great like action book, and it actually tells more stories in Mark than any of the other synoptic Gospels. He talks about you know specific stories, and this is this is one of those. And some people don't struggle kind of with you know with believing God for the impossible, and they man they feel like something's going to happen. And listen, this story in the New Testament is that way. Just ask God for the impossible. It really demonstrates this idea of. I believe like this is going to happen. I'm praying that the sun would stand still. And it looks like my prayers are getting answered. My faith is rising. Miracles are coming. Things are about to turn around. And then, like right in the middle of me believing God that this is going to happen, something happens and things take a turn for the worse. Has that ever happened to anybody else besides me? Raise your hand. Like I feel like things are on their way up. And, and I feel like things are going, are going in the right direction. And, and, and then it just... And then something interrupts that. And, and now I feel like it took a turn for the worse. I've been believing God for the sun to stand still, but I'm watching the skies grow darker. As a matter of fact, I'm watching storm clouds you know, rise. And I just think, God, what, like, what is this happening? This is what this story is. Let me kind of give you the sum of it before we get to, to the passage because it's about 14 or 15 verses I want to sum up. There's a guy's named Jairus in the Bible, and he's the ruler of a synagogue. He's pretty important, and he has a 12-year-old Little girl, anybody, daddy or mama of little girls. Let me see, everybody, I have a five-year-old, almost six-year-old little girl. And he is this little girl, she's 12 years old. And the Bible says she is very 
very sick. And so Jairus, the ruler of the synagogue, comes to Jesus and he asks Jesus for a miracle. Like he asks him, I need you to touch my daughter. And, and honestly, I think the reason why this story is so important is because it represents the biggest need that Jairus probably would ever have in his life. Like there's no bigger need in your life than your kids. Amen, everybody. Like there, I, there's just nothing I could imagine. There, you know, when my kids get sick, the first thing I ask God is, like, give me that. Like, don't let them have that. This is the biggest thing that, that's ever happened to Jairus. It represents the hardest situation. Listen close. I want you to put yourself in this story. It may not be your child that's sick, but I want you to think, what's the biggest thing that could, like, what's that impossible thing? This thing that seems like it's very, very sick. It's symbolic of what I need God to do in my life. Like this dire situation, the toughest of, of circumstances. And, and, so, and so this story kind of addresses that. And Jesus agrees to go heal this man's daughter. And so it seems like the prayer is being answered, Henry. It seems like God's on the way. You know, the miracle's coming. And, and, and it seems like I've gotten inspired. And, I've, you know, I'm full of hope now. And... You know, I come to church, maybe that happened to you last weekend. You, you know, you came to church down, but you, you got a message of inspiration. You walk out of here with your head up thinking, man, okay, things are on the way. I was talking to somebody on our dream team the other day, and he was just, and he was pumping me full of faith. And I was like, dude, you're, he goes, I'm sorry, bro, I've been listening to a lot of Joel Osteen. I was like, I was like, dude, I love Joel. Are you kidding me? Yeah, man, whatever it is that pumps you up, dude. So it's just full of faith. I feel like God can do anything. It's very easy. Listen close. To come to church and to get inspired and to hear a great message and hear all of these songs about how great God is. And, and then you go out and, and you're, you're full of faith and it looks like your miracle is in progress. But here's the question, listen close. Have you ever had a miracle that was in progress, on its way, but it got interrupted by a circumstance? Like it looked like things were happening. It looked like Jesus was on his way. This is what happens to Jairus. Jesus is on his way. His daughter is sick, very sick. She's dying. And Jesus said, I'll go heal her. And so they're en route to Jairus' house. And the Bible says they're on their way. There's this woman who has, the, has an issue of blood that she's had for 12 years. I think it's interesting. She's had the same issue 12 years. And Jesus is going to heal a 12-year-old Little girl, you, you think you're the only one with problems. You think you're the only one that the devil's ever worked this way. Listen, it's not exclusive to you, everybody. And so this woman, she, she literally cuts in line in front of Jairus. Like Jesus is on the way to Jairus' house, she cuts in line. Anybody ever cut in line in front of you and you, and you want to like bust a cap off in there? You know what I'm saying? That's where I'm at. That's, who I, that's what God's got to work on me about. If I'm standing in line, I don't need. I don't don't be don't don't cut me off in line. And if I'm Jairus, I'm thinking hey, he's on his way to my house. My little girl is very sick, and you gonna come up here talking about touching the hem of his garment? I'd kick the old girl out. That's what I would do. I'd punt her over there. Y'all are more spiritual than that, but I'm not. You, I, he, my miracle's on the way to my house, and now there's a circumstance that's interrupted it. Has anybody ever, has it ever happened in your life that just when things were on the way up, just when things were getting better, just when it felt like everything was, my business was coming back, everything was turning around, my marriage was getting better, my daughter's about to be healed, and now suddenly somebody cuts in line of my miracle. Now there's, now that one phone call and the other shoe drops. Just when I thought things were getting better. Just what do you do when the miracle's on its way and something interrupts it and the sky gets dark 
And you think, I thought God was healing this. I thought everything was working this way. I thought everything was going, I thought Jesus was on his way. And now, listen, now, because this woman cuts in front, because she cuts in line, I don't, if you grew up in church like me, listen, here's, I really would have a problem with this because I would look around at God answering everybody else's prayer and I really felt like that they, they cut in some kind of cosmic line where God answered their prayer and not mine. Maybe, Y'all are more spiritual, but at 9.30, they, they felt that way. I felt that way sometimes. I've looked around and said, God, why would you heal their marriage? They don't even serve on the dream team. God, why would you answer their prayer? God, why would you bless them? I don't know if they tithe. I've been given, and God, I didn't get the promotion, and they did. God, well, why, why did you answer? Why did, the, why did somebody cut in line? I thought that things were on their way up. I thought that the miracle was on the way. I thought that it was in progress in my life, and now... Because she cuts in line, look at this, Mark 5 and 35. Jesus is still speaking. Jesus is still speaking. And some men came from the house of Jairus. Listen, and here's what they said. Your daughter is dead. While the circumstance interrupted what would have been my miracle, now things have gotten worse. Jesus agrees to make the sun stand still in Jairus' life. I'll go heal your little girl. And then there's a circumstance. I, th- I thought that things were going to get better. I felt like the promise was coming to pass. I-, I don't know if you've ever been like there where you felt like things were coming together and God was going to answer and then bam. It feels like just everything falls out and now you've gone, listen close, from having a sick situation to a dead situation. Now my marriage is not just sick. Now I feel like it's dead. Now my daughter's not just sick. Now she's died. You cut in line from me. Uh, He was on his way to heal my baby. And now there's just no hope. Now she's dead. Look what you've done. Now what are we going to do? God seems like he's answering other people's prayer. He's blessing everybody else. And here's where Jairus finds himself. And listen close. The same people that come to him and tell him, by the way, while there was an interruption on the way to your miracle, your daughter died. Here's the next thing they say. Why bother the teacher anymore? Why bother the teacher anymore? There, there, there's some people that, that have felt like that in your life. You felt like, man, this is kind of where I am. Why, why bother? Like, I don't know why anybody would bother him anymore. I feel like that's where some of you are today, like in your walk with God, in your personal life. There's some stuff that's happened in your life and some stuff you've gone through that you believed God would do it. You believe God would answer and you've trusted God again and again. You've gone to God and asked God and said, God, what am I going to do? And then the moment that you feel like things are getting better, now suddenly there's a turn for the worse and everything goes south and it doesn't seem to answer. And the first thing that you think is, why bother? I think it's interesting who tells Jairus why bother in this situation. It wasn't people who were on the outside It's somebody from his house, everybody. Listen close to me. It happens oftentimes in my life. It's not the people that that, that are far away from me. When I I post a a prayer request on Facebook, everybody on Facebook is spiritual. Everybody. All of y'all are spiritual on Facebook. Oh, I'm praying. I am praying God can do anything. Y'all are Googling scriptures. You ain't never read that in your whole life. And you're going to post it on my Facebook. Talking about, Pastor, here's what God said. It's not the people on the outside that discourage me. It's people from my own house. 
It's, it, it, it's, it's the voices inside of me. It's, it's that stuff in my head that says, why bother? Why are you doing this? Why, why even do it? Maybe you thought it could always happen. Maybe you think that it, it could always go that way. And now you're crippled. Now you've gotten to the place in your relationship with God when the greatest doubts of your life are now there and you feel like, why bother the teacher anymore? Why would I keep bothering him? Well, why would I? On one hand, you've got God inside of you telling you anything's possible. God can do anything. I, I believe God's my miracles on the way. My marriage is getting better. Healing's coming. Everything's looking up. I'm coming out of depression. Joy's coming back. I feel like, and the moment something happens, there's a circumstance that interrupts it. And somebody in your life or somebody in your head says, Why bother? Why would you even bother asking anymore? Like, why, you, you, you've tried to kick this habit for years. Why bother? Like, it didn't work last year. It's not going to work this year. Why bother trying to get your husband back or your wife back? Every time you make an advance, they seem to get colder. Why, why would you bother? Why, why bother praying for your kid? You've sent him to rehab over and over and over. It never seems to work. Why bother giving to church? It, it doesn't work. Every time you do it, it just seems like it got worse. Why bother serving? Nobody cares. Nobody notices. Why bother praying or dreaming? Why bother? Why bother for healing? And some of us, this is where we are living our faith journey. Why bother? One of the most alarming things as a pastor is when I see people in this particular area of faith. This is when I know, and here's what's happening. What happens in this area is you start pulling back. When when you come to God initially, you believe He can do anything. Jairus walks up to Jesus and says, My daughter's sick and you can heal him. Anything's possible with you. And then the miracle starts walking towards his house. But the moment there's an interruption and a delay and things get worse and the sun starts setting on my life, the next thing I think is, why bother? Why bother praying anymore? Why bother doing this? And I love Jesus' response. Matter of fact, this is probably, as a pastor, there's a couple of things I'm learning and I'm, I'm, I'm not... I'm new to, to, to senior pastoring and, and so there's a couple of, but one of the things I'm learning is there's a couple of verses God speaks just to me. This happens to be one of them next. Mark 5 and 36. It may seem odd to you, but I, I deal with a lot of people who complain. I know none of y'all, but everybody in first service are complainers. Anyway, so I, I deal with a bunch uh, and, and, and I've decided this is my new life verse and I'm going to put this on the bottom of all of my emails. Mark 5, 36. Jesus is said ignoring what, whatever they say. I love this about Jesus. He just says, ignoring what they say. I, I, this is my favorite part of the verse. Because if you're, listen, if you're going to go through faith, if you're, if you're going to actually get the miracle God's promise, if you're going to serve God for any length of time, if you're going to keep walking, if you're going to walk around people who are going to tell you why bother, if there's a, there's a voice in your mind that tells you why keep doing it, there's, there's going to come a time in your life when you're going to have to learn how to ignore what everybody else says. Listen close. This is the, this is the best thing I can give you today. If you don't write anything else, down, I want you to write this down. Selective hearing is your best weapon in the fight of faith. You need to selectively hear. How many of you have kids that have selective hearing? Come on. They only hear when they want to. You need to only hear. You're going to have to ignore when everybody else says, why bother? Why, why bother going to church? Why bother praying anymore? Why bother believing God anymore? He just said, listen, I'm not going to listen to none of that. I'm going to ignore all of that. I'm going to get that out of there. You're going to have to do exactly what Jesus did. There's a little girl dead and I've got a mission to accomplish. You're going to have to get this in your mind that I'm going to ignore what everybody else thinks or what anybody else says if God said he could do this he can do it somebody shout amen to that and so he ignores everything that they said 
doesn't get any worse, but but I think Jesus can do this. So I'm just going to follow whatever. And th- I love Jesus' unflinching response here. He just looks straight ahead. He just looks straight ahead and he, and he responds in this way. And let me tell you something. If he'll respond for Jairus this way, I think he'll do it in your life. Listen close. This message is for you. If you, if you ever felt like, man, I, I thought he was coming. I thought it was getting better. And then suddenly it took a turn for the worse. Suddenly things get worse in my life. What am I supposed to now? I think, why bother fighting? Why bother praying? Why bother doing it? Listen, that same Jesus that's as capable of healing his daughter is capable of healing your marriage. Shout amen to that. He's capable of resurrecting your dreams and your vision and what God's put in your life. He's capable of, of resurrecting your ministry and the purpose God has for you, of saving your kids. I don't care how bad it looks in their life. And so Jesus kind of keeps his, keeps his gaze and listen close. If one side of you is saying, why bother? I love Jesus' response to this. Jesus told Jairus, the synagogue ruler, don't be afraid. Everybody shout out loud, just believe. Come on, everybody shout it, just believe. That's the only two choices you've got in the fight of faith. It's either going to be why bother or just believe. It's either going to be why, why, why are you bothering going? Why are you bothering praying anymore? Listen, on one hand you've got Jairus' servant saying why bother the master? And the other hand Jesus says just believe. That's all it takes. Listen, that's the best strategy you and I have. When you get in a situation when it looks like God has promised you something in your life and you got to hold on to that promise even when the sun starts going down and the sky gets darker and you're believing for a miracle and a circumstance interrupts that. The only thing I can tell you is you're going to have to choose to just believe. Jesus said, this is the response to that Jairus. And I love how Jairus responds here. He doesn't doesn't question it. He doesn't say, but pastor, you don't know. You don't know how long we've been fighting. You don't know how long we've been in counseling. You don't know how many times she's done this. You don't know how many rehabs we've been to. You don't know how many times I've tried to kick this habit. You don't know how bad my situation is. You weren't there in the doctor's office when they said no way. You don't have a clue about what you're talking about. Jairus didn't. He didn't say one thing about that. Jesus said, just believe. And then here's what happens next. He did not let anybody follow him. He just said, okay, I'm just going to get right in line except Peter, James, and John. Listen close. If you're going to keep going to your miracle, you're going to have to cut out some people who can't go with you. There are going to be some people in your life who are rooting for you to fail. You say, that doesn't make any sense. It makes perfect sense. There's some people in their life who do not want your marriage to succeed because theirs didn't. They don't want your ministry to flourish because they've given up on theirs. They don't want your dream to come to pass because their dream is dead and dormant inside of them. They don't want you to get off of whatever it is you're addicted to because they still have addiction issues. At some point in your life, you're going to have to go, you know what, nobody else can follow me here. If I'm going to get serious about doing something from God, if I'm going to get serious about making a difference in the world, if I'm going to get serious about this, there are going to be some friends, there may be some relatives, come on somebody, there may be some folks I just got to say, you can't go with me where I'm going. I've, I've got to, I, listen, Jesus is going to perform a miracle in my house and you can't go with that. I can't hear you telling me always, why bother? What's it going to matter? Why would you keep doing that? No, no, no. I'm not going to listen to that anymore. He said, nobody can go with me. You can't just listen to anybody in your life. And then verse 38, this is, I love this. So the people came to the home of the synagogue, verse 38, the ruler, and Jesus saw a commotion. Listen close. Jesus sees a commotion in verse 38 and the people are crying and wailing out loud. Jesus goes in. He went in and He said to them, Why all of this commotion and wailing? When I first read this, I thought, man, 
that's a little harsh. Like, why would you come in that strong? Obviously, Jesus, there's a reason why there's all this commotion and wailing. It's because my teaching monitor quit working. Why is it that... Y'all thought I didn't see that. Why, why is it that, that, that you're crying? Of course, it's because there's a 12-year-old little girl. Look at that. Y'all miracles. Y'all don't even know what I got. I'll lay hands on this thing. Y'all don't know me. Obviously, we're crying because there's a, there's a dead little girl here. That's why we're wailing. This doesn't make any sense. This seems heartless, Jesus. Listen close. There's some time in your life you're going to have to understand. Jesus doesn't see your situation like you do. All you see is death. All he sees is resurrection. And Jesus said, you, you, you see death here. I don't see death here. I, I see something you can't see in my situation. God has a 30,000 foot view. Listen close. God was there when things broke down in your life. He's there in the middle when things are going worse for you and things take a situation. And He's already at the other side when He heals everything and you look back on it. He's the God from the beginning to the end. So He, do, he just walks in the middle of your situation going, whoa, 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 whoa. I know something about this you don't know. I know something about this you've never thought of before. God, this doesn't make any sense. I just lost my job. All I want to do is sit at home and watch The Price is Right and eat Doritos. Come on, somebody. All I want to do, and God says, no, 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 I want you to just believe. God, I don't, I, I don't want it to. No, 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 you're going to have to tighten your resume. Get up and get out there. There's going to be another day. You're going to get, your best is not behind you. God's got big plans for you. Listen, the divorce you're going through, it doesn't define you. It doesn't mean everything's gone in your life. The, the, the business is failing in your life. It doesn't mean everything's failing in your life. God can do something new in your life, and He sees something you don't see. Shout amen to that, everybody. He sees something you don't see. And so he asked this incredible question. Every time I get to a point, it comes back on. He asked this incredible question. This is my favorite. He says, why are you crying? I see something you don't see. She's not dead. She's just sleeping. Listen close. There's some people who have called some things dead in your life that it's not dead. It's just dormant. There's some dreams that you've given up on. You thought, God, there's just no way. That seems dead. My marriage just seems like it's over. No, no, no. It's just sleeping right now. If you, if you could see it from God's point of view, it's not dead in your life. It's just sleeping. You say, why is that? Because we're, we're, when we're writing down these prayers, when we're believing God, when we're asking God for a miracle, listen, we're talking to the God of the resurrection. We're talking to the God who was dead and now is alive, everybody. We're talking to God that death isn't final to Him. Death isn't the end of that. So when God looks at His situation, He says, She's not dead, she's just sleeping. And then Mark 5 and 40, I love this. He said, then, then after He put them all out, you're going to have to do that with some people in your life. You're just going to have to put some people out in your life. After he put them all out, he took the child's father and mother and disciples and he went to where the child was. He took her by the hand and he said, Little girl, I say to you, get up. And then this is my next favorite part. Immediately, the little girl stands up and walked around at 12 years old and they were completely astonished. And he told them, don't tell anybody about it. And listen, this is how I know Jesus was from the south because the first thing he does is get that baby something to eat. Y'all know Jesus from the South. You from the South that the first thing is, baby, come here. Let's eat. Come on, honey. Girl was dead. That don't matter. She's probably hungry. She's been gone a while. Give her something to eat. Give her something to eat. Listen to me. If you've tuned out everywhere else, if you've just been worried about this teaching monitor, listen close to me. If you don't catch anything else, I tell you, you have to catch this. Listen close. God's got this one. Just like he had the last one. God's got this one just like he had the last one. 
God can do that in your life just like He did it in Jairus' life. What, what situation are you worried about? What thing are you battling? What thing are you worried that's not going to happen? What, what thing are you giving over to, to doubt and fear and concern and saying, I don't know why bother even praying anymore. Listen, what? there's nothing in your life that God can't resurrect. There's nothing in your life that's too far gone. You don't know. You weren't there. You, 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 didn't, you, you didn't hear what she said. You, you didn't hear what the doctor... It doesn't matter what anybody said. If Jesus is on the way to your house, it doesn't matter how dark the skies are getting. If He said the sun would stand still, it will stand still. So what do you do when the skies get darker? What do you do when it seems like it's getting worse before it gets better? What do you do when a sick situation becomes a dead situation? What do you do when it feels like everybody else has their prayer answered? I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I will not let doubt get in my mind. You will not convince me not to bother the master. I'm just going to stand in line. And if he says let's go, we're just going to walk to my house. Because he, even if it's dead, it's not over with for him. He can resurrect in you the dream that you've put away. He can resurrect in you the purpose that you had as a 20-something. Life got in the way and circumstance interrupted your miracle. Matter of fact, there's some folks here who this week, this is what the Holy Spirit, this is why I can't get away from this, studying for this this week, this is why I can't get away from it. It's because the Holy Spirit told me to tell you, some of you this week said, I don't even know if I believe what He said last week, because it's getting worse. Just believe. Just believe. Why bother? Why bother praying again? Just believe. Why bother serving more? What? Just believe. Why bother? I, listen, if I were you, I'd show up early and stay late. I'd dig in further. I'd tell you what, I'm gonna, what I've decided to tell the enemy. And, and, and trust me when I tell you. I know I'm on the front lines. I, I, every morning at 6 o'clock, I stand in the way between the enemy and you. And I tell the enemy, you attack me first before you get to any of them. Why is it? Because I just know that I know that I know. That if God said He would do it, He'll do it in you. He'll fix your marriage. He'll heal your body. He'll resurrect that dead dream in you. I just believe that He can. I just believe that anything's possible with Him. I just believe when I don't see it, when it doesn't make sense, when it's interrupted, when it's delayed, when I was on my way to my miracle and it felt like things got worse and not better. I just believe. Take somebody by the hand and stand up all over the room. Hurry, hurry, hurry. Nobody move in the next two minutes. Come on, team. Take somebody by the hand and bow your head. There are people all over the room who have felt like this. Nobody looking around. You felt like this. You've said that. Matter of fact, nobody's looking. But you felt that. You felt that this week. You felt that this morning. Why bother getting up? Why would I even go to church anymore? I've prayed and prayed the same prayer for a year, two years, ten years, twenty years. It's not getting any better. It feels like it's getting worse. I've asked the sun to stand still and the sky is getting darker. What do we do now? If that's you, nobody's looking. Everybody's eyes are closed. If that's you, I just, I just want you to know I'm with you. I want you to raise your hand. Nobody's looking but me. And just say, that's me. Come on, hands are up everywhere. Couples, hands are up. Families, hands are up. Individual, come on. Single adults, I see you. I see you. I see you. I'm with you. I'm with you. Hands are up everywhere. Why is it getting worse? Why is it interrupted? I thought the miracle was on the way to my house. What do I do now? If your hands are raised, all I can tell you. It's just believe. 
If Jesus said he's coming to your house, that's what he's going to do. If Jesus can raise Jairus' daughter from the dead, he can resurrect anything in your life. Now, if you believe that, I want you to take both of your hands, whether they were up or not, and just raise them. I know you got somebody's hand, but hold that hand up high. And I want you to start praying a resurrection prayer. Start saying something like this. God, I don't understand why it got delayed, but I believe. God, I don't understand why it is. God, I, I, I repent for all of that times I said, don't, why bother? Why bother praying? Why bother giving? Why bother serving? Why bother still going? Why bother still believing? No, 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 God. I, I, I'm eradicating all of that. I'm, I'm removing all of that out of my mind. I'm just going to believe. I'm going to believe that this cancer is healed. I'm speaking to somebody right now. I'm going to believe the tumor is shrinking. I'm just going to believe. I'm believing they're coming home. That this is going to be the week. I just believe that God's going to answer. I believe it doesn't matter how long we've been separated. This is this is going to be the season where God answers in my life. I just believe. I just believe. I just believe. Come on. Say it out loud till you believe it in your heart. Say it with your mouth. Confess it out loud. I just believe. I just believe the sun's going to stand still. I just believe the answer's on the way. Jesus said he was coming to my house. I just believe that he can do anything. He's the God of miracles. He's the God that answers when there's no answer. He's the God that makes a way when there's no way. Come on, just believe. Come on, just believe. Come on, just believe. Let faith rise. Keep your head bowed. If you've never surrendered your heart totally to Jesus, you got to start somewhere. How can you believe God to resurrect every area of your life if you don't give Him every area of your life? If you've never prayed a prayer that sounds like this, say, Lord Jesus, forgive me of all of my sins. I turn my whole life over to You. I surrender everything, my hopes, my dreams, my desires, my sin. Forgive me because of the cross. Wash me because of the resurrection. Make me new. God, I believe that Jesus died for me, that You can forgive me, that everything can be whole in my life. I give you my whole life. Come on, if you've never said that, say it out loud. I give you my whole life. I surrender everything to you, Jesus. Be the Lord of my life. Save me today. Resurrect me today. Give me a fresh start today. In Jesus' name.